0: This podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate delivers the best in geek and gaming gear. From collectibles, apparel, and tech gadgets to art and other epic gear, it's like having Comic-Con in a box. Loot Crate also features individual subscription boxes for gaming, anime, Marvel, and WWE fans, and plans begin at just $24.99 a month. So head on over to cinemageekly.com slash loot crate, or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Hey, we are canceling the apocalypse. Good afternoon. This is the Barrel Gang. Now, if everybody will just take it easy, nobody will get hurt.
1: Is that your money or the bank's?
0: Mine. All right. You keep it to me. <laughs> Next time I'll aim a little lower.
1: Good luck, Pop. I'm Buck Barrel.
0: Podcast from Parts Unknown: A Strange Journey Through the Depths of Netflix. It's Anthony Lewis, Glenn Boivin, and we're back to talk another random movie on the Netflix. This time, the 1967 American biographical crime film directed by Arthur Penn, Bonnie and Clyde, starring Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway uh, as Clyde Barrow and Bonnie Parker. Um, this film also has Michael J. Pollard, Gene Hackman, Estelle Parsons, who I think was in, like, Roseanne. Is that what she's most famous for? Uh, possibly. She won an Oscar for this, too. Yes, she did. Uh, which, uh, I mean, we'll talk about the awards and accolades later, yeah, but because yeah, yeah. Um, this got nominated for eh, a couple. Uh, so... Most of you have probably heard about Bonnie and Clyde, a very famous, uh, uh, what are they, Depression era? Depression era couple um, that were uh, bank robbers and murderers. Uh, And if you remember them for nothing else, it is probably the fact that they were very, very brutally gunned down. Uh, They were. And this film does its best to try to depict that. (laughs) Um, so I'm trying to think of, so I guess the one thing that I learned, because of course, whenever I see anything about a biographical movie, I want to immediately go and read all I can read about Uh, the actual events. Turns out Glenn, this movie from 1967 is not entirely historically accurate. Um, no, but, Um, It is accurate in some ways, and there are some things that it touches on in here that I was very surprised that they touched on uh, in this movie, especially considering uh, when it was made. So uh, very pleased about some of that stuff, and I can't wait to start talking about it. So uh, for the purposes of this movie, not necessarily for the purposes of history, uh, during the Great Depression, Clyde Barrow and Bonnie Parker meet when Clyde tries, tries to steal the car that belongs to Bonnie's mother. And Bonnie is just so bored by her job as a waitress and intrigued by Clyde that she basically, within the span of, I don't know, what would you say, Glenn, maybe a half a day, is just like, yeah. I'm going to be a bank robber with you. <laughs> um, and basically, uh, this kind of follows their... Their crime spree stuff, right? With um, their love story, yes, which is which is played up quite a bit. Which was a thing that was very sensationalized in the newspapers at the, of the time as well. Um, yes, which I'm not entirely sure. So I guess let's just get this out of the way now. Um, a lot of historians think that the uh, the playing up of the romance between them was in fact maybe more played up in the papers than actually perhaps existed between the two of them. Basically, there's a really long roundabout way of saying that there's a lot of people who thought that uh, Clyde may have either been a, a gay man or bi or perhaps not very, like... It was always said that I guess that Bonnie had the larger sexual appetite between the two of them and he had less of one. Mm-hmm. And that is something that they explore in this movie. Uh, and not yep. just not just the potential like spectrum of asexuality that Clyde may have had, but they certainly raise a few things that also suggest that he may have been bi or he may have been... Uh, like a, a closeted homosexual, which is something that they're very tiny things, but they're there for you to see. Um, you know, there, there are lines that he says there are things that when they are brought up, there are ways that he behaves. There are intimate moments between them where he is really uncomfortable. Um, it's, I'm surprised that they go into that. Uh, at all. I mean, maybe I need to see more movies from the 60s, Glenn, but I feel like that's not something that they tackle with a lot of nuance in movies. Uh, I feel like they had a hard time tackling the nuance in those things for basically most of all of filmdom, but uh, I was surprised to see it kind of handled well here, I thought. Um, Or maybe they just thought the audience was too dumb to pick up on any of those things, but I feel like I was picking up on them, Um, but yeah, this does highlight their, their, their romance, their love story. Uh, This film definitely, I think Lionize is maybe too far a step. Like, I don't think that lionizes them, but it certainly paints a much like charming picture of them then they probably actually were, you know, being murderers and bank robbers. Uh, so, uh, like, I don't know. I, I felt like I would get, um, like sometimes the soundtrack to me was like, Oh, now we're watching Dukes of hazard with like the, Mm -hmm. like the Keystone cops. Like they got like a bunch of idiots that are trying to like chase them down, but they can never catch them. Um, they never quite go full tilt into that direction, But definitely the soundtrack to this movie leans hard in that direction sometimes. Like, we're having a good old time in a car chase. Uh, And they just keep outwitting these police officers. Um, Also, they meet up with Clyde's older brother, Buck, and his wife, Blanche, who uh, was the only really surviving member of this gang. Uh, she lived until. He
1: 19- did not like her depiction in this movie. No,
0: she did not. Uh, and quite frankly, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But I, for right now, I'll just say I can't necessarily say I would disagree. Um, uh, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're sort of in this. She lived until 1988. Uh, did Blanche. Um, so, yeah, they they sort of get roped in on all of this. And uh, they go from smalling... Uh, they, smalling? They go from pulling small-time heists to robbing banks. And um, then murders start happening. Some of them very violent, like the banker who jumped on the side of the car and he just shot him right in the face uh, through the glass. That was horrible. Uh, but, yeah, this, this kind of follows their story all the way up until... Uh, Buck gets killed and Blanche gets arrested. Um, but everybody else escapes and, uh, then they are Bonnie and Clyde are then sort of in infamously set up by, I believe it's the father. Am I right in thinking that it's the father of CW Moss. And CW Moss is a uh, amalgamation of two of the yes. gang members. Yes. Um, but in the movie he's they're they're sort of set up by his father. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for an ambush, and they
1: were set up. I don't necessarily yes. remember if it was one of the gang members' fathers, but they were mm. set up um, yeah. when they were gunned down by Frank Hammer, who had never met them. Unlike what the movie thinks, it wasn't a revenge thing. He was
0: simply a man doing his job. Yeah, he, he was brought, out of retirement yeah. yeah, he was brought out of retirement. He was a very competent lawman, actually. If yeah, uh,
1: Texas Ranger,
0: yeah, um, good at his job. Uh, that being said maybe bit overkill. Yeah. Slight overkill. Uh, I believe, uh, I don't 138 rounds. I think 138 rounds. Uh, I think Bonnie had like 40 something wounds, entry wounds. Um, men, like several of them were headshots. Clyde had almost as many like they were killed like five times each um like just horribly gunned down uh and i think they were like it feels i do you remember how many men were in the posse that went to hunt them down was it like it felt I like think it was like eight i think it's like eight men they only show like two or three but i think it was like eight man posse yeah i don't think they needed to fire that many rounds especially when they were so yeah, caught off they usually guard you don't need to. A- Yeah, usually cops don't need to fire that many rounds, but hey, look where we're at. (laughs) Um, I feel like they could have very easily arrested them, actually, uh, now that I think about it. Well, in real life at that point, it was a, like, quote-unquote,
1: wanted dead or alive, like, it wasn't an option at that point. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because Clyde, you know, he had been in and out of jail before then, and yes, he did do that thing, cut off his toe and was raped Mercilessly in prison, and then mm-hmm. killed that guy. Yeah. Um, but he—I mean—he had escaped from jail once before. Because him and Bonnie, like, it was—I mean, like you said, it, it kind of gl- glamorized some of it, uh, but the papers
0: yeah. did too. Yeah, and they were and, in. Both of them were in and out of jail. They—they had been captured before. Yeah. 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 So
1: people are just tired of looking like fools.
0: Yes. Um. Yeah. So I mean, eh. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not, I don't even think it's really close to historically accurate, but they do touch on some things that I never would have, um, I never would have expected. And, and, uh, Gene Wilder is in this movie. This is his film debut, playing Eugene, uh, Grizzard, one of Bonnie and Clyde's hostages. Um, I thought he was good in this, too. Uh, I mean, he wasn't in it for very long, but I thought he was good, uh, because it's Gene Wilder. The, um, So let's talk about, because this did win. Um, I mean, you can go on, uh, and we will, we will talk a little bit more about it, but uh, this did get nominated for a lot of Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, uh, Best Story and Screenplay, written directly for the screen, I believe is what the award was called then. Best Cinematography and Best Costume Design. And it won for Best Cinematography... And best supporting actress for Estelle Parsons playing Blanche, which kind of hard disagree. Like the most forgettable. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I maybe acting standards were different, but to be fair to the real Blanche, who hated, I believe it was. I believe the story was that she liked the first pass of the draft, uh, but on the rewrite, she hated it. Uh, I guess they altered uh, she her. She said
1: ki- the movie made her look like a crying ass. And that's not how, that's not what she was.
0: Yeah. I mean, this movie like was her, just her. They scr- didn't hate each other. Yeah. This know. movie was just her screaming and crying. Like <laughs> that's all it was. I don't know how this got nominated for an award, let alone won one, Um yeah. but <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, her story is an interesting one. Um, you know, she said that she went with her husband who was um, Clyde's older brother book. She went with him because it was her husband and she was a dutiful wife. Um, And she went with her husband, but um, she wasn't particularly engaging in their activities. Um, She did like a lot of cooking and cleaning for them. Uh, and stuff, and it, yeah, it even yeah. said that, like when she was arrested, that the sheriff was like very sympathetic. She was she was in prison from about 1933 to 1939, uh, but then spe- spent the rest of her life outside of prison and got married. And as far as I know, led a lawful, law abiding yep. white life. So, um, apparently, she also became friends with Ned uh, um, Beatty when he came uh talking to her about the the movie and stuff together. me mean of Warren into, Beatty. Warren not Batty, not, Beatty, not not Ned Beatty. Warren Beatty. Um <laughs> my mistake. Um yeah, uh they I guess developed a close friendship or whatever while he was sort of researching yep, for the movie. Yep. So um yep. all all of that stuff is very interesting, but I don't think uh I don't think that role was award worthy. Um if anything, like, I've not really seen a lot. Like, I've always heard about Warren Beatty. I've always heard about Faye Dunaway. I've not seen a lot of their movies, though. Um, I thought they were both really good in this movie. Um, yeah. I think both of them would have been more worthy of winning the Oscar here uh, than Estelle. No offense to her, because she did exactly what she was supposed to do. But I don't know if that was, like, I don't know if that's what it To me that wasn't the role but even gene hackman as buck uh i thought was yeah he's great in it i'll even most of guys i've never seen gene hackman not look like he's 60 but (laughs) yes are you holy shit yeah he always looks old i thought he was gonna look young in this movie but no
1: yeah it's he but he does like the voice doesn't even sound like him like (laughs) you know uh no he's great in it um Mm Yeah, I mean, I, I like the movie a lot. I'd seen it years and years ago. I think it was on cable or like IFC or something. Yeah. Um, uh, but this is it is an important movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it came out, you talked to eighteen plus. It was one of those uh, like NC seventeen movies. Um, there's like a string of them.
0: Uh, like presumably for the was, violence. I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, well, and sex, which you which is funny because there's so you know not any. There's not.
1: But I think. I mean, I, I will say I'm surprised. Like the beginning of it, there are things
0: that are intimated you know, in it for sure.
1: They there is a lot of teasing, but there's never any actual mm-hmm. sex, which is interesting because you know, you talk, think about how much they were sexualized and glamorized in the past. That you're, I think everyone is expecting to see, you know, some intimations of sex, but you don't ever see it because like you say in real life it may not have actually been what people thought it was i mean they definitely were in love with each other but you know he always had this trepidation it could have been you know obviously the rapes would have something to do with it um but you know it is but without ever doing anything it is kind of graphic like i think about that first scene when they're like laying in bed and she's like gonna go down on him and he stops and it's like man you you know you did not really see that in movies back then Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, the violence, you know, especially when he shoots the banker in the face. I mean, you see the <sighs> hole in the glass. I mean, yep. um, it is uh, – it was a very violent movie. I mean, and he, so, you know, Warren Beatty, um, he's kind of become, like, one of the forgotten men of Hollywood. I mean, he was mm-hmm. a humongous star for yep. decades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he kind of came up through uh, in the 60s, and this was kind of like when he you – know, like, I was talking to you before this started that – you know this kind of relates to Trumbo because again, someone like Kirk Douglas and the kind of the fall of the motion picture, uh, you know, America thing that John Wayne's a part of, like by then, that they had kind of fallen to the wayside, they have lost a lot of favor. Yeah, um, so all these new younger bloods that are you know willing to take risks, uh, you know, like the Kirk Douglases and um, especially Warren Beatty, I mean, he was 29 when he made this movie, mm-hmm. um, and he was involved every step of the way. I mean, yeah, he's a producer uh, he's the on the yeah, he bought the right to the script. He was a producer. He uh, casted every single person in the movie. Wow. Um, himself, because uh, he was not only was he a big movie star, he was a big Broadway star. Well, of course. Um, so Gene, and that's how he, you know, he brought in Gene Hackman because of uh, they worked together on stage. Same mm-hmm. thing as Gene Wilder. So a lot of them were theater actors um, that he knew uh, from his theater work. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is oddly enough around the same time frame so Gene Wilder is in it it's the same time frame that while he is on stage I can't remember what play it is but it's when Mel Brooks had seen him and he had told him I'm going to write a script and you're going to be in it and that's how he got the producers so um, it is kind of like this weird thing of like Gene Wilder's fame as far as you know outside of theater like grew so fast you know just in a short matter of time because what I think Willy Wonka is like four years later you know, mm-hmm. so it's a uh, this meteoric rise. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and Warren Beatty, I mean, he helped uh, edit the whole movie. He was uh, involved heavily throughout the whole process, and he, you know, uh, was behind the camera a lot. You know, he wanted this movie to have a certain look, so he was kind of like a, a co-director in a lot of ways. And yeah, and you would think that would be overbearing, but anyone who's worked with him on any of his stuff always say he's like the best collaborators. because he has a vision, but he listens and he wants people have input. Um, it's just, you know, he had, I mean, he made a movie a few years ago that wasn't that great from what I understand, but um, you know, he's made a lot of like forgotten movies that in and of the time, I mean, they were incredibly important, like a uh, shampoo um another kind of risque movie in the time. I mean, Bullworth is basically mm-hmm. what we had with the Donald Trump presidency. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's kind of the forgotten man of Hollywood and same thing as Fane Dunaway. I mean, just them two together. I mean, I, I mean, they're both gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. And they definitely know how to play it up. You know, the beginning, you know, where she's not dressed. And again, it's like, oh, you know, they're showing skin. You, you don't ever actually see anything. You know, yeah. nothing you see is her, shown. You nothing see her is back. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But they, they always tease you with the sexuality. And I think yeah. that's really interesting. Uh, you know, again, pretty brave at that time. Agreed. And you would be seen as salacious, but not. Uh, Definitely not what we do in movies these days, right? They're a little no. bit more tasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, the same thing in Psycho. and you know, it was the first time you saw a toilet in a movie.
0: You know, those <laughs> were the risks you took back then. So, yeah. God, uh, can you imagine the first movie where two people slept in bed together in the same bed instead of two separate beds? Um, <laughs> the uh, speaking of the editing, by the way, um, in which I, I also think the editing is really good. The only editing I didn't like was. I mean, I didn't know why they did it. And it was a sign of the times, but the very end, like the rampant, like cut, like the rampant cuts right before they're gunned down. I know that like at the time that was like a build tension thing. Um, but now like that didn't quite work for me. Like that felt very much yeah. like aged, like, uh, did, I didn't like that, but Um, In 2012, the Motion Picture Editors Guild ranked Bonnie and Clyde as the fifth best edited film of all time in a survey of its membership. What's the number one edited film? Just curious. Um, I'd have to go look. So you can keep talking about stuff. It is. uh, I am going to go look. Um, Hopefully. And of course, 404 page cannot be found. Uh, Damn it. So it was cited. But uh, that that particular article is not there on the motion That's picture fine. editors That's... guild.
1: Yeah. And, uh,
0: uh, what else did we have here? That year? Um, Oh, go ahead.
1: Cause I, I always had thought Bonnie and Clyde had one best picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I, I knew it
0: didn't, you know, after watching this, but I can't remember what it lost to. Um, um I can, I, I mean, I can go pull that up too. Um, and this film was also, uh, highly, Um, this would have been what
1: 1967 I also you know I made 70 million dollars which Um, is a lot yeah and uh, you know it it is kind of like the the counterculture movement so you know you had like Easy Rider was right after that you know the Dennis Hopper uh, Jack Nicholson movie Um, so I mean the late 60s is kind of like the precursor to like the great cinema we get in the
0: 70s Um, Uh, Okay, so in 1967, this was the 40th annual Academy Awards. uh, We had Bonnie and Clyde was nominated, Dr. Doolittle, The Graduate, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and the winner was In the Heat of the Night. You know, those are some damn good movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever seen any of them? I've seen The Graduate. Um, I think I've seen Dr. Doolittle, actually. I've never seen "Guess Who's Coming to Dinner," and I've never seen "In the Heat." Uh, of the, the original movie. one with uh, Rex Harrison. Yes, "Guess yeah, Who's not, Coming not, to not, Dinner" is pretty good. Yeah, too. not, not in the Heat of the Night." Not the one with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've not seen that one. Yeah. Um, the uh, this movie also uh, highly influential uh, as well. You're talking about its um, its importance and uh i'm trying to remember like i remember reading that like like the godfather uh i want to say like um i can't remember i know that i know the god or maybe it was goodfellas i don't remember but um there was like a list of movies that this film uh influenced as well and like to your point like i i mean i can see why uh Like, this is a really well-made movie. Even uh, as old as it is, like, to me, watching it for the first time, it felt like most of it had aged very well. Um, Okay, so here's... By the way, here's the list. The Wild Bunch, uh, The Godfather, The Departed... Well, I mean, you know... Come on. Uh, Queen and Slim, True Romance, and Natural Born Killers. Uh, These were all cited... uh, This film was cited by their creators as, like, an influence on them, so yeah that makes Uh, sense yeah so uh any more thoughts on Bonnie and Clyde Glenn and what would you give it
1: um no I mean it's just it's a uh it's an excellent movie um like you said it's it doesn't treat the audience dummy Warren Beatty is a very um left-minded uh Mm -hmm. person when it comes to politics so any of his movies you you it's always in there somewhere yeah um you know, and That would be why they were kind of glorified because it's two people going against the you know, the system that is the United States, even though they were these kind of terrible people. Uh, but as a score, I don't, I'd probably give it like a uh,
0: pretty solid there. Oh, did you say a three? No, no. A four and a quarter. Oh my god. For some reason it cut out for a second and it sounded like three and I'm like, whoa. That seems low. Uh, I give it a four. Uh, I was very impressed and usually to me, I'm one of those people where it's like I, I see how much a movie is aged this one didn't really like with with the exception of like a few spots um, felt like it just it really held up like it, it's all glued together by um, the performances I think yeah, that's the thing. the performances seem like modern performances they don't yes. they're not dated you know no they um, do not. Um, I absolutely agree. That's. I think that's the thing that caught my eye the most was um, just how ahead of its time uh, it felt in terms of um, the performance and stuff. So, yeah, no, totally agree. I thought this was an excellent movie and would highly recommend uh, people watch this if they've never seen it before. Um, definitely. I would say a must-see for sure. Um, okay, Glenn, so yeah. uh, let's spin the wheel. The... Uh, the the real good Netflix uh, roulette wheel, and find out what we will be watching next. No television. I hope it's a no. thriller of some sort. You know, with like a psychopath as the lead. That's what I'm kind of rooting for. <laughs> um. Well, I'm gonna throw you off. I'm gonna throw you off, Glenn. Uh, we're, we're gonna instead we're gonna watch uh sort of close we're going to watch instead we're going to watch a 2002 biography crime movie uh we're going to watch Catch Me If You Can Glenn oh okay yeah so Tom Hanks Leonardo DiCaprio Christopher well, I mean basically nobody else but then Christopher Walken and Martin Sheen are in this movie uh, I mean,
1: Amy uh, Adams shows up Jennifer Gardner um mm-hmm.
0: the chick who's gray from Grey's Anatomy uh James a fuckload of people in this James movie. Brolin yeah yeah thanos's dad is what i'm gonna say uh and also directed by steven spielberg um one of my faves so yeah i can't wait to talk about it because i've seen this movie before um i own this one and uh i thoroughly enjoy uh catch me If again i haven't watched it in a few years but uh excited to talk about it in the meantime you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for Cinema Geekly. Hit subscribe. That way, you can be sure to come back next time to hear us talk about that 2002 movie, that biography crime thriller. Catch me, if you can, on another podcast from Parts Unknown.